We're glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
crown of life is waiting there for me.
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
Turn your eyes on me Then I fade
Verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens.
Jesus, I long to know your ways. Create in me a deep desire to hear your voice. You alone can listen when I I'll reach out to speak these words into your heart. Jesus, I will call on your name. Please speak to me and hear my desire. Jesus. I will sing of your praise and glory with longing in my heart. I will call on you. I will call on you. To speak these words into your heart, and Jesus, I will call on your name. Please speak to me and hear my desire, Jesus. I will sing of your praise. And glory with longing in my heart, I will call on you. Jesus. I will call on your name. Please speak to me and hear my desire, oh Jesus. I will. Sing of your praise and glory with longing in my heart. I will call on Jesus. I will call on your name. Please speak to me. Hear my desire, Jesus. I will sing of your praise and glory, longing in my heart. I will call on you. Yes, I will.
We hope you're enjoying Songs of Praise. Here's some more inspirational music.
Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book, Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Chapter 2. Into His Glorious Truth Harold, please come to the meetings with us, Laura pleaded. I'll say one thing for you, Laura. You are persistent. Fifteen-year-old Harold responded to his younger sister, but you know that I'm perfectly happy with our church. Florrie, Leela and I are learning some wonderful new things and we want you to hear these things too, Laura continued. If you come to the meetings, you know that Norman will come too. You are wearing me out with your appeals, sis, Harold replied, but you will really enjoy the meetings, Laura counted. Pastors Wilson and McCulloch are fine speakers and you will learn so much. A long moment passed. I guess it won't hurt to come and check things out, Harold admitted. That's wonderful, Harold. You won't regret coming, Laura exclaimed as she threw her arms around her brother. Wait till I tell Norman that you're going to come with us. Harold and Norman duly accompanied Florrie, Leela and Laura to the next meeting conducted by Pastors Wilson and McCulloch. The meetings were held in Hastings, a few miles to the south of Napier. When they arrived, they entered a tent a little more than 50 feet or 16 metres long. The tent filled quickly as they took their seats. A murmur of excitement filled the tent as the starting time drew near. Harold relaxed as he joined in singing several familiar hymns. After the welcome and prayer, Harold listened intently to the speakers as they spoke in turn. He was immediately struck by their earnestness and their knowledge of the Bible. Harold found himself agreeing with their clear expositions and became so absorbed in listening that he did not notice the time passing. When the meeting concluded, his thoughts were racing. "'You will come again, won't you?' Laura inquired of Harold and Norman as they journeyed home. "'Yes, I'll come,' Harold and Norman agreed in turn. "'I must confess that I've never heard the Bible presented in such an appealing way,' Harold added. "'I knew that you would not be disappointed if you came tonight.' Laura responded to Harold's admission. 
As the meetings continued, Pastors Wilson and McCulloch breathed new life into familiar passages of the Bible and explained the rapidly fulfilling prophecies of Daniel and Revelation in the light of history. Harold was convicted that the speakers were presenting important new truths from the Bible. The same conviction was growing with Flory, Leela, Laura and Norman. Thus, when Pastors Wilson and McCulloch addressed the topic of the Bible Sabbath, Harold was faced with a dilemma. Should he continue to worship on Sunday, or should he adopt the biblical Sabbath and worship on the seventh day of the week? An experience from a Bible class in the Church of England helped Harold to make his decision. The minister of the parish had drawn the attention of the class to the fact that Sunday, the first day of the week, had taken the place of the seventh day, the Bible Sabbath, and that this change had been made without any scriptural authority. It was with considerable surprise that Harold learned of this discrepancy between his creed and his conduct, for he had been taught in the Church of England to reverence Holy Scripture and God's law of Ten Commandments. Harold, Norman, Florence, Leela and Laura began to observe the Seventh-day Sabbath with the members of the Hastings Seventh-day Adventist Church in 1893. Recalling his experience of accepting the Adventist message many years later, Harold wrote, It is now over 40 years since God brought me out of darkness into his glorious truth. He went on to describe the atmosphere in the church. The love which these dear people had for one another greatly appealed to me, and oh, how earnest they were. Their personal testimonies every Sabbath were a real source of encouragement, and their cottage prayer meetings an inspiration. The Seventh-day Adventist Church is based upon the conviction that God raised up the church to restore forgotten or neglected truths of the Bible to Christianity, to explain the prophecies that indicate the imminence of the second advent of Jesus Christ, and to highlight the preparation required to meet him in peace when he comes. In adopting the Seventh Adventist faith, each of the Hastings Five took this mission seriously and recognised their duty to contribute to its fulfilment. They made life-changing and lifelong commitments that shaped their future directions. When the Seventh Adventist mission ship Pitcan made its maiden voyage to Wellington in November 1893, Harold was on board. He applied for the position of cabin boy, but God had other plans for him. Harold moved to Christchurch in the South Island in 1896 as a subsidised seller of the Bible Echo, a church mission paper, which sold for a penny. The return from sales was Harold's salary. Harold boarded with Mrs Rouse, but as he later recalled, she made no fortune as I had a hearty appetite, particularly after walking all day. When Harold first moved to Christchurch, he was the only Sabbath keeper in that city. On Saturday he would take his Bible, a hymn book, and a copy of early writings and spend the Sabbath alone in the Kashmir Hills above the city. Of these Sabbaths alone he wrote, Yet never was I sure of the Lord's presence with me. How precious were those early experiences. Ironically, little more than a decade before, Harold's father had been labelled a political agitator in the press after addressing a public meeting in Christchurch. Leela travelled to the United States of America in 1896 to train as a nurse under Dr John Harvey Kellogg at the Battle Creek Sanitarium, Michigan. At the time, 
The Battle Creek Sanitarium was the leading institution of its type in the world. Dr Kellogg was well renowned for his skill as a physician, surgeon and pioneering health educator. Leela was inspired by her experiences at Battle Creek and looked forward to using her newly acquired skills in helping people to recover their health. After experiencing a bout of ill health at Battle Creek, she returned home via England in September 1897. In January 1897, a session of the New Zealand Conference recommended that Pastor Eugene Farnsworth conduct an evangelical mission in Christchurch immediately, assisted by a number of suitable helpers. The New Zealand Conference in session consisted of representatives of the Seventh-day Adventist Churches New Zealand meeting to conduct the business of the church. Between business sessions, the New Zealand Conference of Seventh-day Adventists referred to the elected executive officers and their work. Harold, along with Pastor Teasdale, Brother Crothers and a number of other young men and women, was asked to be a member of Pastor Farnsworth mission staff. It was Harold's first appointment to denominational service. On the other side of the world, Queen Victoria was preparing to celebrate her Diamond Jubilee. One of the young men on the mission staff, still in his teens like Harold, was Albert Piper. Their work together in Christchurch began a long association that was to span more than six decades. At the close of the mission, Harold was asked to take up coal porter evangelism. This involved door-to-door book selling and personal evangelism. Harold was appointed to work with Brother McGowan in Palmerston in the South Island of New Zealand. Palmerston is about 30 miles or 50 kilometres to the north of Dunedin. The book that he was to sell was Patriarchs and Prophets by Ellen G. White. Patriarchs and Prophets deals with Bible history up to the end of King David's life. With the happy and cheerful disposition needed by those in constant contact with the public, Harold adapted to his new role quickly. Even so, it was a challenge for a young man of 19. In December 1897, Leela went to Perth, where she worked as a medical missionary nurse for the church. In March of the following year, Laura joined Harold in Colporter evangelism in New Zealand. Norman followed Laura in May 1898. For a period, they all sold Bible readings. Laura and Norman quickly became effective in their work, Norman especially so. In June, Norman reported sales of 107 books with a value of more than £70, a huge sum at the time. He was 19 years of age. Few excelled Norman in Colporter work, and many accepted the Seventh-day Adventist message as a result of his faithful work. Many of the early Adventist believers in Australasia gave up their ordinary work to spread the message that they loved so well. The literature ministry of Colporter evangelism enabled many to serve their Lord and the Church in a useful capacity while still quite young and relatively inexperienced. The pioneering spirit was strong and infectious. Yet the experiences of the last two years left Harold with a desire for more education. He felt that education would improve his effectiveness in communicating the gospel. The church's training institution was moved from Melbourne to Kurumbong in New South Wales, opening in 1897 as Avondale College. Inheriting some money when he turned 21, Harold decided to enrol for the 1899 academic year 
and made plans to travel to Australia. His decision to study at Avondale College was destined to bring him into close contact with Mrs Ellen G. White, one of the most remarkable women in history. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 61 4973 3456 Our email address is radio at 3abn that is radio at the number 3 ABN Australia, all one word, dot org dot au. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc, PO Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales 2264 Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. like to receive invitations to celebrations, weddings and other events? If so, you are not alone. We all like to know that people are thinking of us and wanting us to be involved in their special occasions. Can you remember the most memorable invitation that you have received? How did you feel when you opened or received the invitation? The profile or importance of the person making the invitation can add to the pleasure that we take in receiving the invitation. Did you know that God has a number of invitations in the Bible for each one of us? Over time, I'm going to review each of these invitations briefly. I will begin with Matthew 11:28 to 30. This is Christ's invitation to each one of us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you wearing out your life forces with worry and anxiety? Are you perplexed and weary from the constant round of struggling to make ends meet? Is your heart aching from a load of care from which there seems no release? Have you wounded your conscience or are you living with a burden of remorse? If so, this invitation's for you. You are invited to come to a person. That person is Jesus Christ. You are invited to trust Him and to join with Him in service to God and mankind. Jesus faced a daily round of opposition, censure and even cruelty. Yet He was at peace because His heart was in perfect harmony with His Father. Jesus led a life of service for others. That was the secret of His peace. And when we connect with Christ, we are able to experience that peace also. When we come to Christ and accept the invitation to join with Him in service for others, we will find genuine rest for our souls. We will find that we can have peace in our hearts even when life is busy and full. This peace is beyond anything that this world offers. If you have never experienced this rest and peace, but would like to accept God's invitation in Christ, just talk to God. 
Surrender your life to him and ask him to give you the peace that Jesus experienced and which he longs to share with you, not only in time, but also throughout eternity. Listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Today we are reading from Psalm 2, and the theme for this psalm is The Messiah Triumphs. Why are the nations of this world always in turmoil, and the people plan worthless things? The kings of the earth have taken their stand, and the rulers collude against the Lord and against the Messiah, saying, We will cut off any connection with God and not be bound to him in any way. But the Holy One who sits on his throne shall laugh at them. The Lord will look upon them with contempt. They will suffer when he speaks in anger and grieve in his indignation when he says, I have by decree installed my king on my holy hill, Mount Zion. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He has said to his son, You are my only son and I am your father. Only ask me and I will give you all the nations of the world as your kingdom and your inheritance. You shall possess the far corners of the earth. You shall crush the rebellious nations with a rod of iron, smashing them as a potter breaks a cracked pot. So you need to exercise wisdom, O kings, and the judges should gain true knowledge. Serve the Lord with reverence, and when you rejoice, let it be praise to God. Pay homage to the Son to avoid his anger, otherwise you shall disappear from the living when his wrath is only mild. Joyful are those who place their trust in the Son.'" 